ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Five Ever Time Pieces, where time is more than forever. I'm your host, Chris Daniel, and on today's episode, we will be discussing the bubble that is and has become Richard Mill. But before we begin, please head over to Instagram and give me a quick follow at Five Ever Time Pieces. That is the number five, E-V-E-R-T-I-M-E-P-I-E-C-E-S. Now let's jump right into the brand Richard Mille. It's just been over 10 years since this watch just actually hit the market. Now, when this watch came out, he actually went to school for marketing. So he was actually able to capture and deliver his watch and take it from zero to 100 in just a short amount of time. You know, now his watch is usually sell for an outrageous starting point. Um, but back in the day, that wasn't the case. Back then, it was seventy, eighty thousand dollars for a chronograph. Today, that watch won't sell for anything less than a hundred thousand dollars. Now, that's definitely saying something. Seeing how, like I say, this brand is actually less than you know, it's less than fifteen years old. I want to say, less than ten years old actually. Now. One thing about the Richard Mill is that, you know, the different variations of the chronograph that he has, they actually sell from anywhere from like a quarter of a million dollars all the way up to a few million dollars. You know, you couldn't get, you can't get a uh, gold tourbillon for less than that right now. But then again, like some of the million dollar pieces, he has some of the Crystal Caribbeans as well as some of the special McLaren um, turbines that, you know, they're selling for about a million bucks as well as some of the Lady Sapphires, they're going for about a million bucks as well. The Rashard Mill brand is definitely a no holds part when it comes into like the value and you know the retention of the value on some of these pieces. Now, the Rashard Mill brand has created such a such a, a supply and demand that he was actually able to control the luxury market as well as some of his own personal brand pieces and pricing. You know, by cutting down the production about 70% a few years ago. You know, at the same time, raising the um, retail prices about 40%, you know, to create a supply and demand is it's just amazing. Because when, when people first hear about some of these watches, they question the, the pricing around it. You know, but if you do a little basic history into the Richard Mill brand, you actually will understand about how some of these pieces and pricing um, came about. Now, in today's podcast, I'm not going to be going over every... Um, every nut and bolt on some of these watch models but, but instead be talking about the overall concept that has been taking place with the Richard Mill brand and the bubble that it has presented as well as delivering in the luxury watch market some of the most classic and some of the most famous you know sh- um, watch design pieces are, are the tournoi shapes now Richard Mill actually does make you know circular watches they actually do make um, different variation of watches of the RMs they actually make thin thin watches you know some of these pieces like the RM 10s and RM 11s they're they just classic pieces but then again you know he has limited pieces that are you know about 30 pieces and very hard to get you know there are pieces where you go go in today and you you know will go in and you'll be paying you know well over retail but that's that's to say that you will be retaining the value. Now, some of the pieces like the limited edition Bubba Watson, that piece was made for the Asian market, you know, and it was a limited, you know, a limited piece, about 30 of the, of the newer ones. Um, but you can't really get your hands on some of these pieces. That's why the, uh, like I say about the supply and demand, 
that having to the ability to create um, such a demand for his watches, um, Rashad Mill was actually able to to corner the market when it comes to the Trenu shapes. Like I said, he actually does have um, a few different variations, you know, as well as chronographs, as well as some of the tourbillon pieces when it comes to his brands. But he also does, you know, limited runs of you know, the circle pieces as well as some other thin manufactured um, Toronto pieces as well. Now, whether it's a limited edition Bubba Watson or even a Raphael Nato, the or even an RM10 that's playing, this is a rich brand and a rich starting point for someone to have on their wrist. Speaking of some of the um, some of the uh, circular models they actually do have them out there there's a decent demand for them but you can actually pick those up at a better discount than some of the other watches that he has you know if you start with like the rm28 you guys will see you know this is a diver's watch you can actually go diving with it they say it's uh, water resistant to about 300 meters you know i don't know if anybody's going to take it that far or even actually wear it during you know a diving expedition but then again some of the people who actually carefully watch it they understand now the rm28 it does have a retail price starting about one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. that's why i'm not personally looking to jump into the ocean with you know a, a, a house on my wrist you know but then again you have pieces like the rm63 they call it the dizzy you know looking at this watch you will be able to see um, the placement of the numbers is why they call it the Dizzy. Now, it is an automatic rose gold and titanium piece. Now, Rashard Mill is actually infamous for doing, you know, the rose gold case with the combination of titanium to take the weight down. So, you can actually see um, the metal part is actually made of titanium. If you look, I'm looking at the watch, that's what I'm saying, but you, you can see. But the uh, RM Dizzy it retails for about $120,000, you know. So, yeah, you guys actually, when you have the chance to understand you know, the the uh, validation to have a price point that high is just because he cornered the market, you know. But another piece that he has would be the RM16s. The RM16, it is another limited edition. I think they only made back um, 30 like back in the day, but it is actually a skeleton movement. And it is one of his uh, pieces that were, you know, a little flatter than usual. Now, the retail, the retail price on that watch is about 105,000 for the RM16. And that's a thinner square piece. It doesn't it isn't the Trino shape. You know, it's a actually a, a newer a newer piece that he's that's, you know, about 2 years old now. But if you look at the piece of it against the uh traditional style Trino shape, you will see the difference in uh the thickness. That you know, it's like I say it's one of the thinner models that they produced. You know, they actually do have, you know, different ones like the RM033 that does have a circular design and that price point was about $113,000. You know, running through the different variations of Richard Mill, let me tell you why these things are so expensive and why they hold their value really well. You know, the first one that I sold was an RM, you know, um, was a Masa. Now, that watch actually sold when I got my hands on it probably about like four days after I picked up the commitment for it. But back, you know, in the retail market of some of the Richard Mills, the prices don't really haven't gone up that, that much um, from from some of the uh, newer, for some of the newer pieces. But on the resale market, some of these pieces, they actually sell for about, you know, 20 to 30% more, just depending on the different watch you get and the variation of it. 
you know, I sold, you know, a few Richard Mills last year. I first sold, I sold three Richard Mills. I sold a titanium one, a rose gold, and a white gold 11, I want to say, you know. But um, speaking, of, actually speaking of these metals, these metals were, you know, something that Richard Mill stuck to when they added when they added the titanium they didn't really di- differentiate between the um the pricing with the metals that's why you know you wouldn't have a piece that was more than the other when it comes to you know rose white or even titanium now for years those of you not who don't know that some manufacturers use titanium because it is a, a very solid metal but it is also very light um like i say the first one that i sold was an rm11 I sold that one for about 150 grand uh, last year. That was one of the first ones that I sold, and then once I was able to move one, I actually picked up two extra clients to move two more. You know, in my opinion, Richard Mill actually started climbing the um, to the top of the luxury watch market due to the demand and exclusivity that it provided once he decided to cut down on the production of his watches now these these pieces cannot be replicated by anyone you know if you look at some of the two new shapes that he has as well as even some of his standard models as well as some of the circular models that they do provide from the brand you know you guys can fast forward a few years from today and like I said in one of the previous episodes, you know, the market dictates what it dictates. You know, today the, the, a circular Richard Mill can be as popular as a Tanu shape, but you know, who knows what tomorrow holds when it comes to what people are looking for. You know, speaking of when he raised the, uh, when he created the supply and demand, you know, it was to say that, you know, some would say that he was actually, you know, committing, you know, brand suicide by you know limiting production and then raising the price but you know that's when you know the whole thing with supply and demand comes in he reduced production about 70 percent and then he went to go on to raise the retail prices about 40 percent you know so a washer will cost you about seventy thousand dollars all of a sudden it costs you one ten a hundred and twenty thousand dollars you know the publicly the public we actually made it under the public actually made him aware of just how valuable his brand is you know by everyone wanting um to have a piece of his you know um to have a limited production piece like uh, bubble washington you know they were made you know about 30 or something when they first came out you know now they maybe a hundred but you can't even get your hands on one for under a hundred and twenty thousand dollars and that depends on the variation you know, you can, these watches are some of the most sought after pieces. You know, you can get you one of the higher end variations for about 160,000, 170,000 of the Bubba Watson. In some instances, just a tad over 200,000. You know, in perspective, you know, you can look at the Consec GMT from Audemars Piguet. You know, that resells for about 220,000 itself. You know, it's the same amount of money you can get, you can put down and pick up a Richard Mill Bubba Watson. You know, speaking of that, you can ask yourself, what would you rather prefer, you know, a Bubba Washington or the GMT from Audemars Piguet? Now, um, the big thing with Richard Mille, like I say, was the Tanu shapes, you know. The Tanu shape was one of the big things when it, when it came to the um, Frank Mueller brand. If you guys remember the Frank Mueller pieces, now uh, the Frank Mueller pieces, they did try to, to create some circular, muscle, some circular models, but those pieces actually and ultimately ended up flopping on the market just because of the brand identity that was associated with the Tornu shape and styling. 
you know, everyone wanted the tonu shape from Frank Mueller, not the circular design pieces they want as popular. You know, if you're going to be still hard pressed to pick one up, you know, you can get one for about 30 to 40 percent off on a secondary market when it comes to some of those. Getting back to the Rashard Mills, you can think about the, the RMC three pieces, you know, some of those round pieces. You can get some of those at a discount for about 30 to 35 percent off the uh, retail market. So it's not really such a big um, discount on some of those pieces. Now, the RM10 is actually one of the most second popular versions of the Rashard Mill. It's just because it's more somewhat affordable. They start about like seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars, depending on the metal and the variation. I want to keep remembering to tell you guys that. But yeah, you seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars, depending on the variation as well as the different metals. Um, so like the Rashard Mill brand is relatively more affordable when it comes to those models in particular. But you know, on the secondary market today, you're looking at about 60, 50, 60, or maybe seventy, but depending on the version and the metals used. Now. Dealing with Rashad Mills, I get to talk to some collectors and customers, you know, everybody in the watch industry, you know, the topic of Rashad Mill comes up, you know, what is it going to be in the ballpark like Patek Philippe, you know, prior to, you know, 2015, a lot of people want to pay, you know, $100,000 plus to put a chronograph on the wrist, but the answer is pretty simple, you know, to have a night, to rich, a richer metal, you know, on your wrist, like you know, the rose and the white and yellow gold, you're gonna have about a hundred grand or more when it comes to some of these watches. Now you can easily spend a hundred grand on a different chronograph. You know, people would actually you know, ask, why would they pay this much instead of getting a, a Patek Philippe or something, or even an Audemars? But for the price that you're paying for Bouchard Mill, let's say back to the Bubba Watson, I'm gonna say your money is basically parked. You know, and you can spend over a hundred grand on you know a different. Um, brand but you know the, the market is it's very hard to you know have a solid investment in anything other than Rashard Mills at this point now people always you know go back to all oh, the bubble over Rashard Mill the bubble over Rashard Mill well guess what this bubble isn't going to burst anytime soon and if it does burst you're going to be looking at it probably another decade decade and a half before that even is relatively possible to happen now it's not dependent but uh, it definitely is definitely going to be something that's going to dictate what's going to happen with um, the luxury watch market in reference to the Richard Mill. In everybody's case, I know there's an issue because of what's happening with the, you know, when they're being traded dealer to dealer from person to person, you know, they ended up on customers' wrists and that's what's supposed to happen. You want these watches out, you know, in the world on people's wrists. You know, while they're living their daily lives. But if you go to places like Hong Kong, you'd be hard pressed to find 20 Richard Mills, an entire room of uh, about 200 plus dealers. And that's just because the supply and the demand for these watches is so high. You know, the supply is low, but the demand is high. And that's what's driving the prices. So the customers that buy these watches, they don't plan on reselling these watches. So the market as well as, you know, the ability to, to own one of these watches and retain your the value monetary-wise, as well from an investment standpoint, you're going to actually end up making a little bit of money just from holding on to your Richard Mill. <coughs> so, hope you guys actually enjoyed a little bit of the insight that I provided with you um, on today's podcast when it comes to the Richard Mill and the bubble, quote-unquote, that it is and has produced. My name is Chris Danil, and this is uh, Five Ever Time Pieces, where time is more than forever. 
I would like to wish you guys more success and prosperity in your lives. Also, again, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your 2020.